Here we go. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Yeah, woo. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Hour number two of the Tuesday show. I know it's Tuesday because I looked at my phone when the show started today. Also, Blaine knows it's Tuesday because he wrote it down on his notes. So he's yeah. going to tell you have a great Tuesday at the end of the show. Yeah, just call me whenever I get a, have a happy whatever day at the end of the show as I do. Beginning and end. And uh, I just I fear that I will say the wrong day one day. And I'll be driving home and say, uh-oh, I said the wrong day. <laughs> I'm probably going to call back to the 3HL and tell them, hey, happy Tuesday, not Wednesday. <laughs> well, I, 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 again, I, I, I look at my phone to know what day it is. That's kind of where I am in life right now. Uh, Titans continue with training camp. The NFL is going to, a bunch of you have responded, by the way, Zone TV, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. You can join us anywhere and it had been a little quiet today, but we brought up the NFL is going to, and Blaine's got a beef. He's going to get you with his beef here in a second. <laughs> we'll hear Blaine's beef. <laughs> we'll get to Blaine's beef in just a second. But the NFL is going to emphasize taunting, like no taunting at all. So Mike on, uh, and we got a, just a chat with everything in it. Mike says, 100% act like you've been there before. Because you were like, watch Eddie George. He just scored a touchdown. Look for the yeah. official toss. toss That's the how ball. we were taught our generation, no doubt. Lonzo says, no fun league. Uh, Mike says, if it's a game-winning touchdown, interception, sack, et cetera, that's one thing. But dudes nowadays celebrate after tackling someone when they make a seven-yard game. (laughs) 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 Dudes also celebrate an incomplete pass when it was a quarterback overthrow and they did not make a play. Oh. Now, those are funny. Yeah. Where, like, the dude gets up and, like, punches the air and goes crazy, and you're like, they just gained six yards. What are you doing? Well, well, especially if the guy got, like, a first down. like Right. Oh, because you finally tackled him. He he didn't score. Right. You you got him by the shoestring 17 yards downfield. You get up acting like you just won the Super Bowl. I I guess that's a guy just, like, trying to keep himself. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, he's just keeping himself in the game. But it sure looks funny when guys do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know – it depends on who you are. Let's say you're a rookie and, you know, you've been getting toasted by Tariq Hill and you finally get a tackle on him and you get the shoestrings, you take him down, you get up, yeah, I got him finally. Now I got your number. Right. <laughs> See you next time, man. After you get beat like, you know, 40 to 14. Or so. Right. But you celebrate now turning four quarter down by three scores because you finally I, tackled him. You know what's so funny? I always used to laugh like, and people did <laughs> would do that even when I was playing because I go, do you know the score? <laughs> and I would always point them to the score. Like, dude, I don't care if you caught a first down or you not. You can't do that now, Blake. You can't point at the scoreboard. The scoreboard it's taunting. We're 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 destroying you guys. You what, can't. What are you, what are you doing? Man? You can't point at the scoreboard anymore. That's he, point two points, and you're like, out. And then his response was, "I got to put that on my highlight reel." <laughs> <laughs> I've never had a problem with the defensive back celebrating after an overthrow or something because it's still an incomplete pass. The, res- the receiver did not catch the ball on you, yeah, regardless of whether you caused it. No, or not. no, but was he covered? No, but did you have him? Oh, I, I don't know. It was an overthrow way, on purpose. But where he's three team. steps ahead of you and gets overthrown, and you're like, yeah, 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 no, yeah no, no, right. that, that is useless to me. You better be. You need to take off your helmet and wipe your sweat off your forehead. And go, <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> but you can Ooh. still be happy that it was an incomplete pass. Oh. It's like a soccer goal. But no, you just kick. no. no oh, oh, see here, I'm, gonna, oh, I'm about no. to get the youngster. You just said happy. Now, well, we're talking about celebrating. We didn't say about. Oh, I'm happy. Woo! <laughs> yes. Or you put the forgive the fist about. like ah yes. I, mean, I got away with one. But if you yeah. start celebrating because they overthrew somebody that was open. I think that deserves a penalty. Uh, a light <laughs> fist pump. A light fist pump is okay. Acceptable. I'll go with the yeah. The fist. But the guy's like, yeah, man, don't bring that garbage in here. Yeah, you had him beat by three steps. He was running away from you. Yeah, that that's that game. Trust me, I was up there going, whoo. But I was talking a good game to the receiver, like, hey, man, uh, you got lucky on that one. No, you got lucky. Nah, then he knew better. <laughs> right. Yeah, it'll show you. Quarterback That's here. the mindset of a DB, man. You feel like you're never beat. <laughs> you you, you got to have blinders on, man. You got to have, I dare you to throw it over there again mentality, even if you get beat for a touchdown. Oh, they got lucky right there. They better throw it over here. If the DB is looking like he got Bambi, deer in the headlights, after he gets beat for a touchdown, you're in trouble. You are in trouble. Trust, I've seen them before. I come to the side like, hey, man, what happened out there? And they just looking out in the air. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Samari, go wheel him back in. D-Walk, go wheel him back in. <laughs> we didn't lost him. We didn't lost him. <laughs> oh, my. I think he's in his head. Hey, we lost you this morning over this. You got to share your beef. Oh, my beef. Yes. The And, and it could be an excuse for why the Titans, because I've seen the Chiefs and other teams come out with the unofficial depth chart. I'm trying to figure out what does that mean? The Titans gave it to us. So why isn't that the official depth chart? I'm just using common logic. I mean, you know, maybe the NFL makes them have to say it's unofficial until the actual regular season starts because I saw the Chiefs did the same thing. So obviously maybe it's mandated, but it's always weird to me. I'm like, well, it's not unofficial. The Titans actually gave it to us. Like unofficial is like if me, you, Mickey, and Lucas all we all came up with the our own depth chart. That's unofficial. Yeah. That would be very unofficial. Extremely unofficial. <laughs> right, yeah, right. Because yeah. I because I didn't even know who Jan Johnson. He wouldn't have been on my depth chart. <laughs> like who's uh forty seven? Uh, this has been a heck of a week for Jan Johnson. Like Jan a bunch Johnson. of people found out he was on the team because of this. His depth chart, best thing to happen to him as a Titan. You yeah, know, he's really. like, hey, Mom, I don't know if you're listening to radio in Nashville this week, but there's a lot of talk. Yeah, they're talking, talking about me. Down. And I'm second string. That means I'm making the roster. But it's unofficial, Not. though. <laughs> they gave it to us. It's unofficial. And, and when I look at the depth chart, I don't feel yeah. like they're pulling our chain on anybody, really, to be honest. I think they got some draft pick guys who need to continue to work to continue to improve. They got later in the draft, you know, in the depth chart. But I think it was, it was an honest depth chart. I just, it may, I'm sure the league makes them have to say unofficial depth chart because they're giving it to us. So it's not like us in the media are making it up or us, you know, talk show guys are, you know, doing something, you know, like, hey, man, this is the depth chart and just putting guys all over the place. I just always, I always think it's weird. Even when I was a player, unofficial. What are you talking about? Unofficial. It's unofficial that I'm the starter? <laughs> I start thinking, it's unofficial that I'm the starter? Nah, I don't think it's unofficial that Eddie's the starting running back? It's unofficial. CJ2K uh, rushed for 2,000 yards. Unofficial. It's not unofficial. No. They're going to double check some of those yards. It's you know who could give us the answer, though? We have him coming up next. Coach Mac and the Mac attack, he will know the answer and be like, Blaine, you big ding dong. This is why. 
being a former head coach in the D.C. and all these years in the National Football League, I guarantee you he has the answer. We will. Oh, I'm putting him on the spot. We will officially get to the heart of this unofficial <laughs> matter next with Coach Mack on Blade and Mickey. Mack attack. Blade and Mickey. Just. Hello. Oh, Pretty good. Oh, it wasn't that bad. Oh, you you think I got I got Charles Woodson? I got him. Oh yeah, he put his whole fence speech singing. I, I, I don't know, man. I'm gonna put both y'all in about the same category. Missed opportunity on your Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame speech, Wayne. Oh, 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 I know, I did. I mean, I missed it. That'd be my last chance. Just did that. Oh, oh man. man, man, you didn't like my singing because okay, Mickey. Okay. No, I don't ever want you to stop singing, please. Oh. Coach Mack uh, joins us, Coach hey, Mack. You up. missed this because you weren't on the phone yet. Blaine was singing. You no, missed that, you, that was not. You missed him singing. That, that was the hitman singing. Well, I'm sure he'll do it for me again sometime, so I'm not worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, not worried about it is the right way to handle it. Hey, before we get into anything else, Blaine has a burning yeah. question for you about the depth chart and a word that is on this depth chart. And he wants okay. to know why that word is there. So I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm passing it to Blaine. Well, I know you've been around the league for a long time, and I'm sure it's a logical reason why the Titans give us the information and it's still unofficial. Is it some league mandated deal that the depth chart has to come out and be unofficial until the actual regular season starts? I just kind of give me, I'm just trying to use common sense to it and which probably doesn't make a lot of sense, yep. but yeah, it's never it official until the 53 man roster is set. Gotcha. Right now, because you know, a, a depth chart right now, the guys that will start the game on Atlanta will not be the guys that are listed as number one. And so it's unofficial until the 53 man roster is set. Then during the course of the season, that's, that, that, that's why you, uh, there's rules as far as to when you have to activate somebody off of the practice squad, if somebody goes down, and then 90 minutes before the ball game, you have to say who your 46 active are. There is no rule during the regular season as to you don't have to tell anybody who is starting. Mm -hmm. But at that, at that point, you've got visual evidence on tape every week. And so it's up to each club to determine as far as their scouts that are at the game. And then you, as far as uh, vetting the team that you're playing as who the starters are going to be, but nothing is official with the depth chart and with the roster until the first 53 man roster is set after the final cut. There you go. Mac giving us the Mac attack right there. That's what I love. Now, since we're talking about rules, I hear there's going to be an emphasis on taunting. Do you know what's going to be emphasized a little bit in the line where it's going to be drawn on the taunting yet? Or do you not know that yet? Do not know. I have no idea. I talked to Cleet Blakeman a little bit today at practice, you know, but before they got out on the field, did, it, did, did not bring that up. I, I really don't know. Uh, once, the, once the new rule comes out, I will go into the rule book. A big advantage I had during my years of coaching was that Jeff Fisher was the head of that competition committee for about 15 seasons. So mm -hmm. I, I would always be very up, up to date on what was going on. As soon as they put that out, uh, I will read the rule. I am sure that there will be some that I will disagree with this season during the broadcast. And I will let that be known because I, I, you know, I'm always very honest as to what I see and what I feel up there, but no Blaine, I do not know uh, how they're going to delineate it. Uh, the word that I got today is that, is it, is that, they are just going to emphasize it. What are they going to emphasize? I don't know yet, Blaine. 
<laughs> exactly right. Okay, let, now give us, you know, you know, you give us all your thoughts on some of the rules and things of that nature. But as a new head coach, if you were coaching today and you were the new head coach with now only three preseason games and 17 games, how would you approach training camp and then playing your veterans who you know are going to be on your roster in the preseason? Are you are you playing them, you know, a little bit each game or would you not play them but one game? Kind of take us through your thought process on why you would have those kind of decisions on how much you would play your veteran players in preseason. Yeah, Blaine, it would depend on the health of each individual player at mm-hmm. the time. Also, it would depend on where in their career those players were. Uh, that that would have, a, you know, a, a total bearing on it. Just like when I was a head coach, I mean, that had right. total bearing on it. When I had, you know, Emmett Smith, you know, for the last part of his career, I, he never touched the field during preseason. Uh, you know, so I, I think it depends on your players. I think it depends on the age of your player, the health of your player, where he is. And then again, who, who you, how many people you need to look at and, and your evaluation uh, period and also your evaluation status on each player that you have. I do know that this is a different year than anyone that I ever, you know, experienced. I've experienced five preseason games. Mm. I've never experienced three. And nobody has ever experienced the fact that you're going to have an extra week between the, the preseason being over with and the regular season starting. So I think that makes a big difference, too. So everybody is kind of on in, in different waters this year as far as the way the preseasons are. But most most of the time, what you do is you try to get your younger players, uh, you know, or, and your new players the most work. And then however much work you get your veterans depends on their individual health and also their collective health as you get towards the, you know, towards the regular season. As I said, in the, in the, you know, in the past, you know, you would play, you would play your starters, just, you know, maybe a number of, you'd, you'd take, not at, not a quarters, you would take numbers of plays in the first, in the first ball game, you would pick that up a little bit in the second ball game, the third ball game uh, is, is when you would play most of it. That's the kind of the way it was during your tenure. And then the fourth mm-hmm. ball game, you would because you had to make two cuts back then, so you had to be you were really uh, razor thin on that fourth ball game, and you'd basically play everybody but your starters in that fourth ball game. How they're going to handle it now, it's going to be a little bit different. No, I was bringing it up, made me think about it because during Vrabel's tenure, he's had you know the delayed game or the, the Dolphins game, and then now with no preseason games, and then now three preseason games, let alone he had four. So, uh, man, it's just a lot of, you know, head coaching type decisions that nobody's, you know, really takes heed to or look into uh, that has kind of changed and evolved as time gone on because of the rules and, and how many games you play. So we're on with Coach yeah, Matt. There is, and there is no formula for it. There really mm-hmm. isn't. I mean, it's up to each individual coach now. And as you as you correctly point out, and as I said, this is a different year, you know, yeah. because the, the preseason is different. You've got three games and then you've got an extra week before you play the first real ball game. So it's different. And so it's going to be interesting to see how each uh, organization handles it this year, Blaine. Yeah, no doubt about it. We're on with Coach Mack giving us the Mack attack. No doubt. Coach Mack brought to you by Farm Bureau Health Plans. If you need great health care coverage and affordable price, let Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through it. They got you covered. Uh, coach, here's another thing that's interesting to me, and you navigated a bunch of these training camps, 30-something of them. At what point, like every day, fans who follow the Titans, they'll read the feed of some of the reporters or somebody like Rhett Bryan, and they'll say, these seven guys didn't practice today. And so some of those guys have been pretty regulars, like, say, Julio Jones. Um, we haven't seen much of him at all. At what point during the preseason do you start trying – 
if a player is healthy enough to participate, if he's not healthy, I know that's off the table. But at what point the veterans you're trying to protect, you're trying to rest, at what point do you try to ramp up their activities in practice just to make sure they're in sync with everybody when game one starts? Well, again, it's on an individual basis as to where they are, you know, physically, you know, regardless of the number of years that they've been in the league. And then, you know, in the totality of the number of years that they've been in the league and, and, and what, what they think it takes them to get ready, because by that time, you know, in, in your, in your tenure, you know what it takes for you to get ready. And so to me, it's, it, it's clearly on an individual basis and I wouldn't put, uh, you know, and again, it's changed this load management for players during training camps, you know, guys, training camps has, have changed dramatically, yeah. you know, since I came into the league. I mean, we used to mm-hmm. practice, you know, 120 guys twice a day, full pads every day for six weeks. I mean, that's what we did. That's just the way it was. And so things have evolved, you know, over the seasons. And now, you know, we're to a point where, you know, they, they you know, they've got the GPS systems in their, in their, in their jerseys and all of this stuff is measured empirically. And there's, there's so much that goes into it now that just went into it by a gut feel by a coach back when I first started that it's, it, it, it is completely different. So there is no set date, but that's that, you know, that there comes a time when you want your players, you know, playing together. But at the same time, guys, I've been on, I've been on football teams where, where my main guy didn't practice until the week of the, of the, of the first game, because that's when he was best, you know, ready to go. And then, you know, he would play the game. You'd limit the number of plays he would play in the ball game. So what I'm saying again, all of those things that you see, even though they put them as a group that didn't practice, they're all not practicing for separate and distinct reasons. That's what you've got to understand. Coach Mack giving us the Mac attack. You and I were standing watching some of practice today, and, and there was a play, and right near the end of the play, you're like, look what Jack Rabbit did there. And you, and you were talking to me about just a total veteran move that he had made. Um, and I love standing next to you at practice because I get that kind of stuff. But you used the word leverage, and, and I, I kind of smiled because the guy sitting in the studio with me always talks about using his leverage. Anytime you can use the sidelines or you can use you know, just anything to your advantage – to make things harder for the other guy. But I liked hearing you talk about Jackrabbit doing that stuff. Well, Mickey, you know, you and I have watched practice together the last two days and I've really enjoyed it, but you know, I watch practice different, you know, from me, I watch it, you know, on the, from the, the filming boat, which is the high wide angle end zone. And, and that, that's always the filming boat. I ask Anthony Pastrana every day, where's your high wide angle going to be on which fields? You know, I do. And we, and we move and I, I watch it on the screen. And what I'm watching is a practice tape on the screen as it happens live, because what I'm looking at, I'm not looking at individuals at this point in, in camp. I'm watching uh, schemes. I'm watching, uh, you know, alignments. I, I am watching what they're working on that day. I'm watching on gap controls. I'm watching reads, all of those types of things, because I'm getting ready to do a broadcast. Now and so, but the thing that I pointed out on Jackrabbit was if this was a play, it was an outside zone to the open side. And of course, you know, once the guy starts running a little bit, well, then, you know, Vrabel blows the whistle. But Jackrabbit went ahead and went through. He was a corner on the open side on a wideout, but he still went through his mechanics of being able to put, you know, the inside arm up, put his inside leg up, keep outside leverage so that everybody else could run to the player rather than just stopping, you know, because he, he wanted to go through that exercise knowing, you know, I'm a third corner. And so if this does get to me on this third level, I've still got to force that, that, uh, that runner back inside to where my help is. And so those are the little things that, that, that I look for that, you know, after 35 years of doing it, I can see immediately, 
But uh, that's what I was talking about today. But that's why, you know, I watch it from where I do. I mean, the worst place to watch practice, just watch the coaches. Where are they watching from? They watch it from behind the offense or from behind the defense. If you'll ever watch John Robinson at practice, he watches it from behind the defense most of the time. You watch Jim Schwartz right now, you know, who's a senior advisor. He's always behind the defense. That's the perspective you want because that's the perspective the players have. That's what you look at. That's just what's ingrained in you as a coach. And I take it a step further by just watching it on the big screen on those filming boats, because that's what I want to see. The sideline is the worst place in the world to watch practice. If you're trying to get a correct perspective of what's going on alignment wise and assignment wise. Amen to that. Coach Mack, join us, giving us the Mac attack as Blaine likes to say right here on Blaine and Mickey. Well, naturally going into uh, the preseason is preseason week and first game is coming up here on Friday. I guess uh, in today's modern era, what would you, if you were a head coach, what would you try to be accomplishing in, in this first preseason game? What, give us your, your thought process on that. I want to see my young guys and my mm-hmm. second, third year guys, you know, that I have questions about um, as much as I can. That's what I want to see yeah, yeah, because, you know, especially, especially my second year players that had no preseason last year, mm. right? You know, and, and and no and and no OTAs, and then that 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 that's the first thing I would want to see. You know, immediately, I want to I want to look at that. And and look, the practices that Mike Vrabel has had leading up to this, I don't think I'm giving anything away, but he's had he's had two uh, in a row, and and he's had several sessions of call it sessions. And call it sessions are this: offense is on the sideline, defense is on the sideline, coaches are on the sideline, not scripted. On he puts the ball right. down, gives them a gives them a down and distance, and on your mark, get set, go. The uh, offense uses their personnel group, defense matches it, and offense and defensive coordinators are calling it as it happens on the field. It doesn't necessarily mean that the end result of the play is where the next play will start. Mike Vrabel has it in his mind what he wants to see and work on, placing the ball, but those call-it sessions are valuable. I talked to Mickey about that today, too. These are invaluable at this time of year, and that's what they've started to move to now. And so that's 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 very valuable for your veterans. But for this first preseason game, I want to see my young guys. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. It could be beneficial because you don't know what Arthur Smith and the Falcons may be thinking. They may be trying to set the tone. His all, you know, his starters may play a lot. So then you may get to see your backups with the Titans play against some actual starters. So that would be very beneficial to see what those guys look like versus uh, starters in the National Football League. Yeah, and if you do, that's great. I mean, that's what you want. And you want to put them in, in stress situations because you've got to find out because it, it's stressful playing in the National Football League. You can <laughs> attest to that. You know, it, it, it's stressful when you're out there. And until you're in stressful situations against a different colored jersey and against an opponent that you're not used to, I mean, it, it, that's, what you, that's what you want them in. That's the type of position you want them in. And that's the thing about the preseason, too. Each coaching staff has their different approach. Because, you know, Arthur's a brand-new head coach, and he's got a brand-new staff. He's getting to know his players. You know, uh, Mike Vrabel, you know, is a, is a fairly established coach now. He knows these players here. So however you approach it, they're both going to approach it to get out of it the maximum amount of work with the people they want to work. And so that's why it's it, it's important. I really enjoy preseason games, but I'm looking at it from an evaluation standpoint, not necessarily from an aesthetic standpoint. All right. Now, take us through, you know, a lot of people kind of ripping – you know, Caleb Farley, he kind of maybe had an aha moment the other day, you know, where he fell. I, mean, I don't know how he fell, but, you know, he didn't get up and hustled around and he got, you know, pretty much taken out of practice. I guess it was almost over anyway. But, you know, kind of take us through what was really going on with Caleb Farley on that play and what, what he's going through mentally 
and not just the physical side of it and why something like that can actually happen. I didn't think it was a big deal, but I get it. You got to no, emphasize not, it. And I, mm-hmm. and I didn't pay much attention to it at the time. I mean, I, you know, I really did, I didn't. Other than the fact, it is a very teachable moment. Right. And the teachable moment was this, because uh, you know as well as I do, it, it's, it's, it's never over in the National Football League. <laughs> and so the, the quicker you can ingrain yourself in that, I mean, and I think I, I didn't see the play in, in, in particular because I, I, I'm not watching that. You know, that, that's what they're watching, you know, when they're watching individual players as coaches. But Mike Varable saw it, and, and what he was telling them was, look, the play's never over. It, it doesn't even matter if you are out of the play. How many times, Blaine, how many <laughs> times when you, were, when, you were, when, when you were in a meeting room did Greg Williams put that green dot on the player during the play and say, does this guy really run? Ooh, I used to love it because you could see that, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're not playing hard, man. What's going on here? If you tire, you not need to take at, yourself not, out. Not at, the, not, not at the point of attack. And I, I've right. done it too. You know, every, you know, just stop it in front of everybody. Is this guy running? Yeah. Is this guy, you know, on the backside, <laughs> not, not even at the point of attack or, if, or if somebody does get, you know, does get blocked and then, and, and they're standing and watching saying, you know, uh, I can get you a better ticket than this. <laughs> <laughs> so that was basically the teaching moment. Mm. Man, we haven't talked about this a lot, at least not on our show here with Blade and Mickey uh, to you, but kind of take us through, you know, the the running backs here. You know, Evans has kind of looked good. He'll uh, tell us a little bit about him. And then there's, a, you know, another kid from, uh, what is he, from Iowa. He's doing fairly well, too. It's kind of break them down and talk about their skill sets. Well, I mean, you know, they're all outside zone runners, and they've got their own individual skill sets. But here, here's here's the good thing about all of those guys behind uh, number 22, they're going to all get a chance. Mm-hmm. They're all going to get a chance, but they were all brought in here because they've got a skill set to be, look, these are one cut runners in this offense. This, you know, this offense is not about, you know, sitting back there and pitter patter reading the hole. I mean, it, it's one cut run and it's being able to get, it's being able to get downhill. And then, you know, if you're able to do some things in, in pass protection is important too. So they've all got basic skill sets. They're all built a little bit differently. None of them are as high and as, and as, as high cut. That's what Derrick Henry is, but they've all, they've all got some skill sets, but they're all outside inside zone runners, one cut runners. And the good thing about it is Derrick Henry. I look, I'm not in in any offensive or defensive meetings. You know, that's, that's not what I do anymore, but I would have a pretty good guess that Derrick Henry's not going to see a whole lot of work in the preseason. So all of these guys are going to get a chance to see what they can do in a preseason ball game. No doubt. We're on with coach Mack giving us the Mack attack for Titans radio. No doubt. Uh, Coach, you know me. I, I like to find these guys who are a little bit off the radar and, and, and kind of follow their story. And and Marcus Johnson has been a great story in this camp. He's got four years of experience in the league. He was an undrafted guy out of Texas. Um, so probably a guy that you might have known about being, a, you know, a guy from Texas yourself and following coach football, uh, college football closely. But he's been a great story in the camp. He had another good day today. That's a crowded room. It's a talented room. And he is standing out in that room. Well, I mean, he's a, he's a veteran player that's been to a lot of places. And a lot of times, guys, these guys that have been in and out of camps, I mean, it, you know, sometimes they just need the opportunity at the right place. And plus, it makes a difference. I mean, you know, being a veteran makes a difference. I mean, you know, you, you, a rookie is 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 got a lot of learning curve in the National Football League. And those guys that have, you know, just like Marcus Johnson, that's, you know, that's been in four NFL camps and has been through it, been through a season with a team, a couple of teams, knows what's going on. I mean, they're they're a little bit ahead. And plus, look, you've been you've been out of it, you've been on the street, you know, for four seasons. I mean, you understand that pretty soon, you know, you're going to get a last roundup chance. You know what I'm saying? 
And so you've got to do, you've got to make everything that you have make every day count. And that's what he's doing. And, and, and so to me, and it takes some guys, you know, longer to develop than others. That's why I'm never, ever. And I learned it early on in my career. Don't be an instant evaluator. That's the worst thing that you can be because it takes time in this league. This league is not a league that lends itself to immediate success. This, it might lead itself sometimes because of necessity to immediate participation, but it doesn't lend itself to immediate success. So he's just a veteran guy that's taking advantage of some of his chances. Coach, I'm going to immediately evaluate this segment and say it was pretty good. And it's your first post-birthday segment uh, for all of our listeners. You had a birthday just a few days ago. I know anybody that missed that, if they're not on social media, they would certainly want to tell Coach Mack, happy belated birthday. Well, uh, look, people have been very kind to me everywhere I've ever been. I mean, they made a, a pretty big deal out of my birthday, much bigger than it should have been. But thank you very much. But, Mickey, that's over, too. <laughs> oh it's time to go, man. It's What's go time. always a coach. I know. He's ready to ready to go. Friday night, Coach. Uh, next week, we'll be talking about an actual game. See you, guys. See you, Coach Mack. Brought to you by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Just like Coach Mack coaching us through it, they'll do that for you. When we come back, there's been a lot of talk about interceptions. We heard from Todd Downing today. He weighed in on that. Also, the defense has played well. Shane Bowen weighed in on that. We'll hear from the coordinators next. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. whole lot of Blaine and Mickey. That's what you get every day for two hours. One to three here on 104.5. The Zone 3 HL coming up next. Buck Rising is before us and before him is J. Martin Ramon. And then there's all the podcasts and there's soccer shows. By the way, Lucas and Will Bowling talk soccer on station. Help me. Blaine is a huge international soccer fan. He's got a team in every league. He comes in here in a Ronaldo jersey every day. So this, Many people know this. So, so, help, yeah, right, right. so help me before we get here from the coordinators. Lionel Messi switches teams. Put that for everybody out there who's listening and saying, why are you saying Lionel? And that's, that's right, well, right? Lionel, it looks like Lionel, but Lionel, he's not Lionel Little Train James. He's Lionel Messi. Is it the same as Tom Brady leaving New England to go yeah. to Tampa Bay, but even bigger? Even yes. bigger. It would be like if Tom Brady played for the Patriots since he was about 13 years old and made way more money than he even does now. Where would that be like Tom Brady going, though? Oh, uh, let's see. PSG is a huge club with all the money in the world, a lot of star power that dominates a subpar French league. So what would the, be the NFL equivalent of that? But <laughs> bunch of money and star power, I guess you would think Cowboys, but the uh, yes. they don't and, dominate and much of any. They're, they're in a subpar league. They're the most subpar <laughs> league in the <laughs> league. So it would be like Tom Brady to the Cowboys. Okay, okay. That's <laughs> it. Oh, we gosh. did it. So everybody out there is like, why is this to be? Oh, that. Okay. Yeah. If the Cowboys actually dominate it. They only dominate in being worth like $7 billion. Right. Yeah. Going 7-9 and nine in that division, I, I suppose, is close as close to dominating as anyone can get. But. I mean, Messi was supposed to be a Barcelona lifer, so this comes as a shock to many. Shocking. They even heard him. It brought a few tears, right? Oh, yeah. He was very emotional. When is the soccer podcast, though, so everyone can pour one out for the homie with you guys? Tonight at 9. There the you go. Nashville soccer show, 9 to 10. Look at me. I, I had a feeling it was tonight. Oh. So uh, there you oh, go. That, it's right before you, you, you take a nap before. 
Uh, no naps. I'm not a nap guy. I've never been a napper. I can't do it. <laughs> well, I was only saying that because I was jokingly saying that because you seem like you work like a lot yeah. of hours. Yeah, maybe I should become a nap guy. And when you're not working, you're at a show work, like hiking nine miles. Blaine and I had to talk <laughs> about this yet. We're worried about you, young man. Yeah, yeah. Well, I saw you with your eyes closed, though. I did see your eyes closed. Uh, what are you worried about? I'm going to get burnt out? No. No, you know, just that you'll hurt yourself or something, then we won't have you. As a I've never broken it's a bone. Strictly selfish. So. We just want you here. You've wood, never so. broken a bone? Never. And I, I did a bunch of dumb stuff as a kid. I was climbing trees and jumping out of tree houses and stuff. I've never oh, broken well, a yeah, bone. Yeah, I definitely did that. That's yeah. amazing. I've never broken one either. I've gone over the handlebars of dirt bikes and hit oh, trees and my, everything guys. else. Played sports, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah never I once. Sports. I, I, just, I never broke anything until I got to the National Football League. Well, maybe that's what Mickey and I are missing. You made up for lost time. All right, we got to make up for lost time. So each of the three quarterbacks threw an interception today. No. Yes, they each did. Been a lot of talk about interceptions. I think the offensive coordinator, though, Todd Downing, might say to that, R-E-L-A-X, relax. Here's Todd Downing talking about interceptions. Yeah, uh, they've come in different situations, you know, and some of them are flat out unacceptable. You know, we got to take care of the ball down in the red zone. When we're down there, uh, we can't try to force it into tight windows when the throw isn't there. Uh, and, and then some of them were working two-minute drills at the end of the game, and you know we're down on the clock, and we got to give somebody an opportunity to go make a play. But they're on a case-by-case basis, and I think that as long as the head coach, the offensive coordinator, the quarterback coach, and the quarterbacks are all in lockstep on what's acceptable and what's not in terms of putting the ball in harm's way, uh, we'll be okay by the end of it. You know, Ryan's a guy that uh, certainly is a history of taking care of the football and Logan and Matt are the same way. So I'm not concerned about it uh, as long as it doesn't become a repeated issue. I mean, yeah, Tannehill has that history. Logan, has, he's got history in the Mac. He had history there, but not much of an NFL history. Hey, man, I'm a glass half full, half empty guy. I love Tannehill. The only person I would have signed was Tom Brady, so naturally we didn't get him. So I, I love Tom, I mean, uh, Tannehill. Uh, but you threw an interception. It, it, what did I say when you say you threw it in the red zone? Up, he just lost his points. points. Yep. No, well, you, you can't do that. Now, and I was asking him, you know, put it in context. Was it a tip ball or something like that? And you're like, nope. Bayard. Yeah, Bayard made a play. Uh, like, no, that cannot happen. And trust me, these conversations are going on with Tannehill, and it's not nice. You know, oh, okay, but let's make sure we protect the ball. No, it's not like that. Not like that. They got to put on your big boy undies. Yeah, when you go into the NFL meeting room and say, hey, man, got to put your ego to the side and say, hey, we cannot have this. Why did you do this? What did you see? Uh, did you take a risk here or did you, should you have thrown it away? You want to, you know, when you're talking to the quarterback, it's a little different than any other position. You want to understand the logic behind what you did because it could cost us. And not only that, not only did it cost you points, it could eventually cost you a game. No doubt. And we're talking about interceptions. We've talked a lot about the defense. We'll end with this today. Shane Bowen talking about how the defense has shown up so far. Yeah, I mean, it's day by day. We go back and forth. I'm encouraged by what we're doing. I'm encouraged by our energy and our competitiveness, and I think we're improving. I see little things from every player, like I told you guys uh, last week. Um, But, again, it's day by day. We've still got a long way to go. We're 10 days in. Like, we haven't done anything yet. Um, we got to keep improving, keep the focus on us. Right, and then we'll see as we get into the season where this thing goes. Yeah. Going to see where it goes. It's been going well so far, though. Well, it's always good. It went, I mean, whenever your defense is flying around making plays, uh, that stuff is contagious. So, let's see if they can continue it in the preseason. Got a lot of different moving parts in the preseason, so it sometimes doesn't equate with practice because now you're playing with guys that you 
maybe be unfamiliar with. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they keep down this road. I think if they play middle of the road and the offense is somewhat close to what they were last season, it's going to be a really, really big year for Titans and the Titans fans. Yeah. Me Lucas, included. Yeah, no doubt. Time to play the Eagles, my friend. Let's play this thing out. 3HL. Oh, there you go. Doom, doom, doom. I love that bass riff right there, man. Such one of a the, good song. One of these nights. Well, one of these I, I, I afternoons. Won't, I won't sing for you. Sorry. Please sing. No, I won't. I won't. All right. 3HL, they may sing. Stick around. You'll find out next. What day is it, Blaine? You now I'm getting paranoid. Is it Tuesday? Okay. <laughs> Happy Tuesday! Peace! <laughs>